Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubos, Link, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for letting us be a part of your morning on the sports betting network. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay here as well, still to come this hour. Uh, we'll talk to Wes Reynolds. The Renaissance man, Wes Reynolds, the glue that holds this whole operation together. He's hosting the Lombardi line at the top of the hour, so we'll get a chance to chat to uh, chat with Wes right before that. Kind enough to join us early. Dan Weston uh, from Tennis Ratings to talk tennis with us momentarily. Jeff and I will also look at the stage of elimination market in the NFL. So the remaining eight teams, as we cut this every which way. And I do think, by the way, you agree, Jeff, that we have the eight best teams? I think we get the eight best teams. I don't think there's any mistakes here. Seven of eight, for sure. Who's the one that you don't think? The is? only one is the coin flip, with, even though San Francisco ended up beating Dallas. Those are the, those are eight and nine in yeah, the I end. Think, so. I think we got the eight. I think we got the eight. Um, we got the four best in the AFC, though. We will uh, talk to Dano about tennis here momentarily uh, in addition to that. So uh, here's this. I just want to say this. We get, we get tweets at beating the book before we talk to Dano. This is from uh, Tim Lawson, The Better Life. Josh Allen, 20 to one for most rushing yards in the playoffs. Ahead of him are Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, who may be eliminated after this week. I know he's a quarterback, but his number seems high for his ability and other teams splitting rush counts. Henry, of course, the competition. Yes, Derrick Henry. I think that last comment's the right one. Derrick Henry's the wild card, right? If we're getting full-fledged Derrick Henry, I'm setting the uh, rushing yards at 179.5 this weekend. I think he'll just run roughshod. But we don't know that. And then TJ Stacks, uh, it's okay to say Jamel. So every time we talk about Ja Morant, TJ Stacks, he wants us to say Jamel, but he goes by Ja. So I ask you, when I talk about Ja Rule on this show, do I call him Jeffrey? Jeffrey Bruce? I do not. Therefore, I will call Ja Morant Ja. Let's get that straight. Let's bring in Dan Weston, ladies and gentlemen, at Tennis Ratings. He still writes his tennis pieces over at Betfair. The greatest global tennis handicapper that is. I will stake my reputation on it. How you doing, Dan? I am good, Gil. How are you? I'm doing very well. Let me tell you what one of my favorite moments of any day is. So I give my tennis picks out here on this show. And when we have a tournament that's in Australia, mine will usually come out well in advance of yours. So there's double-digit amount of matches. I was talking to Drew earlier about this. And I only give out a few picks. And one of them was on the young Korean uh, Suju Jang yesterday. And then about five, six hours later, you post your picks, and there it is. Dan Weston is on the exact same play I am. And I'm like, we're thinking the same way. We're looking at the same things. 
In the end, it doesn't mean that she gets there, and she didn't, but I was heartened to see that we're probably looking at some of the same stuff. Well, that's that's the whole point, I think, isn't it? That yes. We're trying for ways of getting the value, and, and, and it doesn't always come off. Come off. I think the, her price did shorten a little bit as well, so we beat the market with that as well. So, you know, th- this stuff happens, and uh, it was a pretty tight game. Both of them had uh, converted four break points. Both of them had double digits in break point chances. Both of them won 110 points in the game, and uh, that's the variance that dictates uh, fine margins at top-level tennis. Yeah, it, and I hope people understand. So Dan is talking shortened by our betting parlance in the United States. That went from plus money to about minus 125-ish. So we were, yeah. again, as Dan was saying, we got the CLV, and, you know, I can't buy a bagel with the CLV behind me either. But that's at least what you're looking for. Let me just ask you one last question about that. You have said before that you have a pretty good model on how to translate data from off the main tour to the main tour. Um, That, I think, is what separates you from from everybody else. You you still are. Would you agree that that's one of your separators, that that's something you get better than almost anybody? Yeah, for sure. I think most people find that really, really difficult. And stepping up or stepping down, whichever it will be, the match you're trying to look at, is understanding the difference in standards is is pretty critical. Uh, whether it's ITF in women's or Challenger in in men's, the the same things hold. You have to be very good at understanding what numbers mean at lower levels to compare and how they translate to top levels. So, so someone like Sphertech, for example, who obviously we've uh, We've ridden that wave quite yes, a lot we have. over the mm-hmm. uh, And her numbers at ITF level were like unbelievable. There were, inc- and, and that was what gave me so much confidence that she would be able to translate to the to the high level. It doesn't always work out. So a player like CC Bellis, for example, who's just had so many injuries that it never really did work out with her. But but. Ultimately, I, I'm pretty sure that if she didn't have a load of injuries, she she would have been like a top 10 player by now for sure as well. So, yeah, it's, it's understanding which players have got their upside on that main tour from, from their challenger or, or ITF numbers. CC Bellis, a player that I remember betting on more than once. It's, it's, it is funny. We talk about this with baseball, too, the, the number of prospects, and then we quickly forget about them when they just sort of disappear after after some hype. what uh, Before we get to your picks that you have here tonight, uh, or I should say tomorrow in Australia, it's always funny with the, uh, with the time zone difference here, have you, can you make any generalized statement about the first round? We were thrown around, I'll just give you an example, we were thrown around yesterday a little bit about the fact that some of these players who had really good ends of calendar year 2021 seem to have had some strange performances. Um, I'll give an example the uh, the Brit Cameron Norrie, who really yeah. got trounced by Sebastian Corda. Uh, mm. there, there was a couple examples of that, but that might be the most glaring one. I don't know if there's any generalizations you have from the first round. Maybe there is. Um, so with with Norrie match as an example, it was, it's it's so interesting because I think that he kind of overperformed quite strongly at the end of last year. He kind of got in that race for for Turin at the last minute uh, and and got on a real roll. Whereas Sebastian Corder, I, I actually think has got more upside than Nori in the future, like maybe in the next two years. I think I expect him to be higher ranked than Nori. Um, so 
I, I had that down as one of the best matches to look forward to to in the fir- in the first round in terms of high quality. Both players being very high quality. Corners issues have you know, mainly stemmed through injuries a bit last year rather than any poor poor performances. So yeah, that was that was an interesting match to discuss. But with regards to dynamics, not not massively. What I've seen generally is that the strong favourites just got it done. Yes. It was, it's routine. There wasn't really, there's not really like massive shocks. A few big names have gone, but they were never really like huge favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few. And I, I agree with you. And some of the, and some of the underdog value hasn't manifested necessarily either. Let me ask you this. We've only got to see Naomi Osaka one time so far, obviously her first round match of all the, and I don't mean this literally because she wasn't a wild card, but of all the wild cards, figuratively speaking, in either the men's or ladies' side, it's probably Naomi, who's a two-time champion here at the Australian Open, and who will meet, if they get that far, Ash Barty, the favorite to win it all on the ladies' side in the fourth round. After seeing that one performance, and if someone was asking you right now, okay, I didn't get in on anybody like you guys did before the tournament, but Naomi's plus 650 to win this. And she looked pretty good there. I get it wasn't the greatest competition. But might you suggest to them plus 650 might not be the worst thing in the world? Are you still staying as far away from Naomi as possible? That's so tough because I see her as a pretty reasonable underdog to Barty in a one-off match. And so, therefore, that kind of parlays into the further rounds as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the real test for her will be the third round match between her if she wins tomorrow and against either Belinda Bencic or Amanda Anisimova, both of whom are, are very strong players and far stronger than the opposition she would have faced in the first two rounds. So let's see how she gets on maybe on uh, Friday. Uh, and I think that that's where we might be able to draw maybe a little slightly stronger conclusion uh, than this, at this point in time. And that, that Bencic Anisimova match is something that, yeah, I'm quite keen to have a, Quick chat about as well. All right, what do you th- what do you think about that match? I like Anisimova. Um, so I look at this match and I think it's a kind of classic case of the market reacting, setting a price up based on rankings and reputation. When I I actually have Anisimova as slightly better hard quarter than Benjic over the last year. It's just been those kind of bit bit injuries and, and just not really making big breakthroughs in big tournaments, but I can see Anisimova being a top 20 player pretty soon. And for me, I, I, I like this price, underdog price over, over Benchic in this. Amanda Anisimova, who we've been on many times here, who just coming off a tournament win last week in Australia yep. and who just uh, changed coaches, Darren Cahill, now her coach, who was coaching Simona Hallett before, if I'm not mistaken. So you like yep. Anisimova against Benchic. Anything else, Dan, before we let you go? Um, one in the men's, one in the men's, but but not not huge not huge amounts. Uh, I quite like it's a t- toss up between. Probably, I probably go with uh, Ketchmanovic at an underdog price against Tommy Paul. So uh, th- this was the match where where Djokovic was supposed to be playing against somebody, and obviously that's that's now changed. But but Ketchmanovic was always a higher rated younger player than, than Tommy Paul. Paul's kind of done okay towards the back end of last season, one in Stockholm on in, indoors in, in November. But I, 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 I'm not sure that he should be like almost a you know 1.5-ish favourite over, over Ketchmanovic. And if you're looking at another game, maybe on a handicap of some form, Talon Greekspor 
against Pablo Carreño Buster. So Talon will receive games in that. Okay, Greek Spore, just for those who are, because of these tennis names, uh, will fall flat on, on most of the odds. Greek Spore uh, plus the games against Carreño Busta, but Dan is really deciding between those men's plays. Really, those are the two he's looking at. Kekmanovic over Paul, Greek Spore plus the games versus Carreño Busta. But Amanda Nisimova is absolutely a play from Dan Weston today against Belinda Bencic. Great match in the second round on the ladies' side, Australian Open. Remember, these start 7 p.m. tonight Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and they run all through the night down in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it as always, man. Great stuff, Gil. Speak soon. Dan Weston, you can check out his stuff on Betfair, all of his tennis stuff. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tennis Ratings, where he always posts all of his material. Jeff and I next on the stage of elimination market in the NFL. We'll bat that around. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. day. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, The Wide World of Wine Garden, and many more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever. You get your podcast. Jason Weingarten, by the way, was on, uh, he'll be on the numbers game tomorrow, as per usual. He was at SoFi last night, taking in the Rams' destruction of the Cardinals. Honestly, was there anything else to add about that game, Jeff? Like, it was just like, yeah, we, we went through the Cardinals. 
Was Kyler Murray's interception worse than Carson Wentz's against the Titans? It's literally the that only, is the only question I have. It's literally the only play I brought up, and I made that comparison earlier. And I think one was so reminiscent of the other. We said it on primetime when it happened last night. I was like, that was very Wentz-ish. The two worst plays by quarterback all year, maybe. The two most, I mean. It was the two of them and the Stafford pick uh, that he did the whirling dervish one against Tennessee. Oh, that's right. There was that one too. Yeah. In that same end zone. All three of them in that same left end zone. (laughs) That's right. The universal left end zone. All right, so we uh, it's division round, obviously. Four great football games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And then after those games are played, it's sort of we all spiral into depression uh, where there's fewer football games. But we get to slice and dice this up every which way uh, while we approach that. And I want to – so this is cool because this is available at DraftKings. Stage of elimination, meaning of the eight teams, when will each of those eight teams be eliminated? Will they be eliminated in the divisional round this weekend? Will they be eliminated next week in the championship round? Will they be eliminated, eliminated rather by losing the Super Bowl? Will they win the Super Bowl? There are four options. That's all there is for each of the eight teams. And so we don't have these available as far as I know here in Nevada. Uh, but for those who do, this is an interesting way to play teams moving forward in case you don't have futures on them, you want to get in on something. But you've always got to be really careful about pricing and how the math works out with all these. So let's take, can we put the Titans up there, Jeff? Let's do the Titans, because I think this is a great sort of example about the Tennessee Titans. So Titans to lose this week, it says plus 165. Now you would have to simply compare that to the Cincinnati Bengals money line price, right? If the Bengals are priced better than plus 165, you would simply play the Bengals on the money line instead. If the Bengals are priced worse on the money line, and you think that they'll win the game, then you would play the Titan stage of elimination prop. Assuming, now here's the big sort of caveat, it's a big assumption, assuming the limits were the same. They're probably not, but maybe they are. Let's say they are. You understand. You would have to play the better mathematical play for your conviction. But what I really want to take this to is a, is a round beyond. So would you not believe, Jeff, that if I was to pull a 1,000 people, that the majority here, and it's reflected in the numbers, the majority of people would think that the Titans would get by the, the Bengals this week, perhaps, and then they would lose in the championship round if they played the Chiefs or the Bengals. That seems or Chiefs or the uh, or the Bills. That seems to be the probably the consensus opinion. You would say yes to that? Okay. So their price, Jeff, is nodding. So plus 140 is where the Titans are priced on the championship round. So in order to figure out, simply put, whether this is a good bet or not, you would have to look at this week's money line price on the Titans to win, right? Titans money line price this week against the Bengals. And next week you would have to try to determine what the spread and the associated money line will be on the Titans opponent. And then you would put those two in a parlay calculator. So let's give an example. So the Titans stage of elimination championship rounds has plus 140. How do we know if plus 140 is a good bet or not? So this week, what is the Titans' money line, Jeff? What are we seeing right here? I am seeing minus 165. Let's say minus 165. This will vary, of course, but let's just use minus 165. Let me make sure. Let me refresh that just to make sure it's minus. Minus 170's consensus, so five-cent difference. Okay, so let's put minus 170 in there, right? So we, we put minus 170 in. 
And then you have to determine, okay, now you have, we have to play a little guessing lines for next week. So if the Titans advance and the Chiefs beat the Bills, what do you think that spread will be? Kansas City will be favored. Kansas City will be favored. Yes. Okay. So Kansas City will be favored by how many points on the road? A little less than a field goal. A little less than a field goal. So a money line price, what do you say, two and a half? You want to say two and a half? That's fair. Okay. Let's just, for the purposes of this conversation, we'll say it's two and a half. So if it's two and a half, an associated money line with two and a half is roughly minus 135-ish. Let's just use that, right? So if, if that's your assumption and you take, how do you like this math radio, by the way? So you take the minus 170 and the minus 135, you plug that into the parlay calculator. If that's your conviction that the Titans win this week and then they will lose to the Chiefs, then you find out that the return on that would be plus 175. So... So you wouldn't play it this way, right? You wouldn't play it. Now, on the other hand, if you don't think that the Chiefs will be two and a half point favorites, let's say it's a let's say it's a pick'em, right? Let's say it's not that. And this is and the whole key to this exercise is trying to figure out what that line will be next week, which you can't do with precision, but you can do with your best guess. If that's the case, or let's do it the other way. Let's say if the, let's say if the Chiefs were three point favorites, right? Let's say it goes down to three-point, let's say it goes up to a three-point favorite just for the purposes of this argument. And so if the Chiefs are three-point favorites, you're talking about a money line of about minus 150 instead, as opposed to that minus two and a half. If that extra tick happens, then you would look at that and you would say, oh, okay, plus 164, still not quite as good. So you do have to do the math with all of these. Is that plus 140 worthwhile or not? Can we do the Rams? Let's just do one more example. This will just make this one quick. The Rams, many people would say the same thing. Some people think the Rams will upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week and that they will lose, let's say, hypothetically, at Green Bay next week. Is plus 275 the correct price? You would do the exact same thing. What is the Rams' money line price this week in victory? What is their opponent's? What do you believe the opponent, Green Bay's, money line will be next week? And you throw those two in a parlay calculator and you figure out if it's better than plus 275, you would not play this market. If it's not as good, you would play this market. Is there one in all, any of the eight teams that you like, Jeff, that you would play? Again, with the math considerations understood. Based off the, number, based off the numbers, probably not. The one that would be interesting would be the Rams to lose in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. At plus 750 would be the one that I would consider because... They're probably I, I wouldn't would it shock you if it gets off a three that it goes to two and a half? No. This wouldn't week not this at all. Week. Yeah. Then in Green Bay they'd probably be they were a pick when they played earlier in the year. That won't be the case. They'll probably be three and a half in that game at Green Bay. And then whoever they draw out of the AFC, if it's Kansas City or Buffalo, they'd probably be a small underdog. If it's Tennessee or Cincinnati, they'd probably be a reasonably sized favorite. So losing the Super Bowl would be the losing or winning the Super Bowl on the Rams. I know that's a different bet. Those would be the ones I would look at there. This, since we're here, since we're here, Jeff, let's do a little guessing lines of division round. Excuse me, of, of championship round matchups, right? So Tennessee, Kansas City. You think Kansas City will be favored by how many? We'll make it two. Mm. Make it two. And if it's Buffalo, what do you think? Pick. Pick. Yeah, and Tennessee. I know Buffalo was a big. Was was almost a touchdown favorite when they played in Nashville earlier in the year, but this is different circumstance. And Cincinnati would be how big of a dog against Kansas City? Well, they were what they were four and a half 
in Cincinnati. Cincinnati beats him. I would say it should probably be the same, even though it'll probably be five. Oh, I think it's more than that. It probably will be more, but it's I would make it that. five. What are you saying, John? Goulet off here? Yeah, six, he said. I said. I think even seven, maybe. If it's seven, that's a take. It's going to be higher than five or whatever you said. What about if it's Cincinnati at Buffalo? Point less. If even, may even be the same line as it would be for Kansas City at that point. If Buffalo goes there and destroys KC again. Let's do the NFC. Tampa Bay or the Rams at Green Bay? Tampa Bay first. Three and a half. I think it'll be a little more. Green uh, Rams at Green Bay. I, I think it's the same number for L.A. and Tampa at this point. See, I don't. I th- I think the Rams. I think the Rams right now, fully constituted, are are the market will view them better than a banged up Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. What about the other option? Let's cons- let's consider the other option, which would be. The San Francisco 49ers, this, this might be the most interesting of all of them. The Niners facing the Niners at Tampa Bay. Field goal, three. Because we would assume they would have players back, if they, if, even if they missed either Bosa or Warner this week. They'd have players back, and we don't know about Werfs. That could be a multi-week we don't know injury. About Werfs. Now here's one. San Francisco at the Rams. Three. I think it's the same. I think it's a tick more with the Rams. Just Maybe a, a half point more with LA, but it's remember the Rams, similar. Rams were up seventeen to nothing on them in Week 18. Yeah, before the furious comeback. Anyways, it's it's interesting to consider. And then of course there's the Super Bowl, which is a whole another thing. Which, well, we'll leave that for another day. Perhaps we'll leave that for next week. But these are all interesting little markets that you can manipulate. But they all involve in cases like this where it's multi-tiered and you have to go more than one week beyond. It all involves simple parlay calculator available at places like vcin.com, by the way. It's that simple. Just plug it and play. We'll come back. My tennis picks. And we'll talk to Wes Reynolds on all things. Coming back. The Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Wow, sixth? We've been here that long? Amazing. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. We look forward to it. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, Wes Reynolds to join us momentarily. Uh, Jeff and I are going to do the Megapod questions for the division round, but first, a couple things we were talking about off-air, which need to be settled here, Jeff, more than anything, because we have screens on here, and I uh, have the attention span of a toddler. So uh, Steve Harvey apparently has a judge show. He's a judge now as well as hosting Family Feud. There's a Judge Steve Harvey show. And so I was saying, what a life this guy has. You know, two shows that he can, like, tape 10 shows at a time in succession. So it doesn't probably affect his life badly either, and he just makes a grip of money. And so then I asked Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, what would you rather be, host of Family Feud or Judge Jeff Parles? <laughs> and you said, what? I would take Family Feud. I would I would prefer close, to see though. you as Judge Jeff Parlay. I, I think the, I think people would enjoy me more as the judge than the host of Family Feud. Would you be Judge Jeff Parles or Judge Jeff Parlay? That would make a difference too. If it's Parlay, I'm all in. 
I think we'd have to go with the second yeah. to make to just get more absurdity, right? That's right. The other one is then we were watching a local weatherman. We actually had precipitation here in Las Vegas this morning, which is really cause for panic here in the desert. I don't know if you know this. And so we were looking at the you know weather weatherman just trying to predict the weather. Um, and I, I sort of out loud, I said, what, what do you think the city, if we actually ran numbers on weather person predictions on local news, right? Monday through Friday, full calendar year. And someone actually tracked this like they do sports betting handicappers, right? Someone actually tracked the accuracy of the predictions. By the way, how horrific would those numbers probably be in most cases? But what cities, what markets in America? And I don't know the answer to this, obviously, but I'm saying by your instinct, what markets in America do you think would be the worst of all of that, where the weather person has virtually no, no shot whatsoever at getting more than half of their predictions right? My first inclination was the Beltway. I, D.C. Is, a, is, a real, is up there on the list. D.C. is impossible to figure out. I would say South Florida is in there probably, too. Can't, you can't forget those Midwest cities either, the— uh... The, the Kansas cities, the Minneapolis is just because of how quickly those weather patterns change on a dime. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, San Francisco, San Francisco is probably pretty good most of the time, although, you know, it's four seasons in one block, one city block. But in terms of just weather predictions, in terms of patterns, I don't know. D.C.'s up there. D.C., that's a that's a good sort of under the radar call on that. By the way, worst climate all year. Humid as all get out in the summer. Freezing cold the winter. Who would live there? <laughs> Me for my entire life. I love you, DMV. I love you. All right, Jeff, Megapod questions. Megapod questions for the divisional round. This is really the last time we get to do this this year because there's this is the last time we have really multiple games, right? Beyond two. It's so depressing on Monday when it's no more football except for three more games. Uh, so here's the deal. We'll ask this, the questions at the end first. Which is the game you want no part of? So if we lived in a bizarro world, obviously this is interesting on a week-to-week -week basis in the NFL where we have 16 games at times where you say, okay, you have to make a, a, a hypothetical bet on the side on 15 of them, but one game is so ridiculous you want no part of it. That's always interesting. Here we have four, and Jeff, you must make a bet on three of those four on the side, not talking about totals, just on the side. What's the game you would stay away from? San Francisco and Green Bay. Because of the injury. Because of the injuries and also because the only reason I would consider it is to uh, to buy a little off of my Packers futures, but I have no reason to think San Francisco is going to win the game with the injuries. I was daydreaming about Judge Jeff Parlay there while you were giving your answer. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has legs. Let's make this happen. So I, I don't – it is the one where the guess, when, when Felica E. and I were throwing this around while the Niners had that 16-point lead on, sun, on Sunday – and it looked like they were going to coast home, and we were guessing this. Felica said three, I said four, E said four and a half. But then the injuries happen, and we're like, it can't be that. And so that's what makes, I, I'm sort of with you, is that complicates it. Does that mean that you have full conviction? You said we both like the Rams, you and me. You and me are oppo on Cincinnati, Tennessee. Where do you stand on Buffalo, Kansas City? I'm going to do what I did in week five, probably not to any success, but I like Kansas City in that one. That ended in disaster for me, and I like Kansas City again. I, lo I, love, I, I love the fact that these two teams are playing each other. Tennessee is just uh, Tennessee needs to just get by Cincinnati to host either of these two teams. 
All right, then the other question is this. We usually ask, what's the big favorite you want no part of? We can't ask that question here. But I'll, I'll re-ask it. I'll, I'll sort of twist the question and say, what is the dog most likely to, to win outright? Before last night, but actually before Sunday, the answer to me was going to be Cincinnati the whole way through. But because of the injuries... The Werf's injury is a humongous deal for Tampa. Massive. And we saw after Werf's went out on Sunday, Philadelphia couldn't stop them before the injury. And in Philadelphia got some stops. I know it was a blowout, but they at least the defense looked somewhat competent at times. I I I would I would look to the Rams. They match up very well with them. And if OBJ is gonna play like he did last night, Gil, they had that offense is scary again. This is, this is such an interesting question because if I phrased it this way, what's the, what's the underdog? Because Velika just by text, right? He was like, I'm taking all the underdogs. What's the underdog least likely to win outright? Obviously, by spread, you would have to say San Francisco. It's a cop-out, but that's my answer. But if San Francisco was full, let's say they have both Warner and Bosa. It would be San Francisco. See, I don't agree with that. If they have both Warner and Bosa, I would say Cincinnati. I would still say Cincinnati. I'm going to say Cincinnati, period, whether they have Warner or Bosa or not. I think Cincinnati is going to be this super sexy underdog this week. Everybody's like, oh, I love Joe Burrow. Hey, I love Joe Burrow, too. But as I said, I think Derrick Henry is getting 180 yards rushing on him. I think this is going to be Titans in a way that's going to make people go, oh, that was interesting. I can't believe this team is in the AFC Championship. Except that you and I always knew it was going to happen, Jeff. Have I given my tennis picks? I should probably give those, huh? Yeah, I would say so. All right. Let's give our tennis picks. Uh, so earlier on the, uh, by the way, yesterday we went two and one in the tennis picks. So we picked up a unit. We hit two of them. Uh, the one we lost, we hit on Andy Murray uh, over Nicolas Basilashvili. Great five-set match. We hit on Christopher O'Connell, four-set winner over Ugo Gaston. But we lose on Su Jong Zhang, a young Korean player who lost in three sets to Danka Kovinic. So uh, two and one for one unit. Today I only have two plays. I agree with Drew Densick earlier that is a tough card. But I do have two plays. They're both two dogs. One is on the men's side. One is on the women's side. And as we talked about with Drew earlier, one of mine matches with one of his three, and that happens to be on the men's side. I am on Oscar Ote. I am on uh, Oscar Ote. That's O-T-T-E. Oscar Ote uh, at plus 250, plus 220 is the price. Plus 220 on Ote, who is uh, taking on, and I always forget the uh, the opponent as I immerse myself in these before. Who's Ote playing again? Who's Ote playing? Ote, anyway, I'm on, I'm on Oscar Ote, plus 220. I had this earlier, and now this slide is down. Sonego? Yes, Lorenzo. They pronounce it, for whatever reason, they pronounce it Sonego, which I have no idea why they pronounce it that way. I would think it's Sonego, too, but everybody pronounces it Sonego, so it's against the Italian uh, Lorenzo Sonigo, I suppose that's how you say it, but I'm on Ote, because uh, I think that price is ridiculous. And as soon as Drew said it earlier, I was like, I'm on one of your three, buddy. The other one, I'm on the lady side with another dog. This is a plus 165 dog, Sarah Soribes Tormo. Sarah Soribes Tormo. And again, who's she playing again? I always forget about who she's playing. Sarah Soribes Tormo, plus 165 against... Kostiuk? Yes, Marta Kostiuk. Thank you, Jeff. My goodness. Pronounced that right? You did. Wow, that's Very a Very nicely done. Kostiuk. Yeah, Kostiuk, you know, most people will say. Uh, so it's Cerebes Tormo. Again, in both cases, 
the numbers do not at all justify the big bang for our buck that we're getting. And so those were the two plays that uh, I love beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Dan Weston, by the way, in case you missed it earlier, he's on Amanda Nisimova. Drew had three picks earlier. We'll put all of them in the newsletter. Mine, Dano's, and uh, Drew's. So again, mine once again. Ote on the men's side, Oscar Ote, and then Sarah Cerebes Tormo. Um, I'm not that I don't, not that I disagree with the ones that the other guys are doing. Just didn't uh, trigger bets for me in the end. Too close to call, but it has been an interesting tournament in the fact that no real huge surprise thus far. But we've only been through one round. Remember our uh, our futures plays on the men's side. Sasha Zverev at plus six fifty. Uh, we got in December. We also have one on Medvedev at plus one eighty, and on the lady side. It is only Iga at 16-1, to 1, even though Ash Barty is the justifiable favorite. But the way that the draw worked out actually played very well into that price because Iga ends up on the other side of the bracket. So that's the Australian Open. And uh, come on, ESPN. We want that on real ESPN overnight. Instead, it's on ESPN Plus. And, you know, maybe that's my cue that I should go to bed instead of uh, trying to watch it on streaming. We'll come back. Wes Reynolds, who hosts the Lombardi line at the top of the hour. We'll talk to Wes about all things football, golf, and beyond. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> A numbers game with
with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet on more than the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game Jeff Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. You can place one game parlay bets on football, basketball, and more. Plus, you'll learn M Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. We get tweets. At beating the book, this is from uh, this is from Matt. I gotta believe that Kingsbury will be let go this week. Read the room. He wants to go back to college. He can't handle NFL players and can't make NFL adjustments. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, again, we went through all his terrible finishes, both at both at Arizona for three years and then six years before that at Texas Tech, and it's quite the pattern. Let's put it that way. Uh, this is from Web Twelve Sixty Six. Dan Weston, good as it. Evan Getz, first time I caught him, English accent and stuff. Good show, old boy. Okay, thank you. Uh, Chris Hausch, running errands, not an excuse to miss Gillen on VEASAN Live. I can uh, still watch it on the go with my VEASAN mobile app. He's watching Dan Weston. Uh, let's see here. This is from... Do, 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 do. Oh, big response on the weather stuff, Jeffrey. Uh, James McIver, here in the Tampa market, they actually do weather accuracy. Oh, you mean they actually grade the weather people? That would be awesome. I've always wondered why they don't do that. That was that would be my first question for Ken Pomeroy, who used to be a weatherman, obviously who does uh, college hoops with Ken Pom. Uh, Jerry, uh, let's see, this is uh, from Patrick. Michigan is bipolar. Good luck to any meteorologist trying to predict weather in a state surrounded by four lakes. Summer, winter, and fall in a single week. Nearly 30 years living here can attest to this inconsistency. So a vote for Michigan. Keen at Cranepool. The worst weather forecasting would be New York City. <laughs> especially ABC <laughs> TV7, where every rain event is an over-the-top AccuWeather alert. Fear media is awful. By the way, Wes, poor Wes. Wes Reynolds is here, everybody. Kind enough to come early, and he's like, really, i got to come here early to have Gil read tweets in front of me. While we were talking to weather here, we <laughs> yes. have a light rain here in Las Vegas this yes. morning. And then, of Panic. course, I'm looking at the morning news. We have an accident on this interstate and this interstate and this highway. I mean, it's just like a little drizzle. Like, this is not a pouring down rain here, but people freak out. People freak out. This is the last one I'll read. Benjamin Schott. Uh, you talking about weather forecast accuracy as a meteorologist uh, as a meteorologist that has worked in about every part of the country over the last 25 plus years i would add that accuracy is about 90 to 95% 3 days out and 65 to 75% 7 days out hardest thing to predict is rain snow amounts 90 to 95% 3 days out i'm going to go under on that seems high seems high seems high but but he would, he but, would but know. that tweeter would know better than i would yes he'd know, you know better than i would what's bizarre out here in las vegas maybe not bizarre cuz it's a sports betting capital of the world the local news people that tweet the most about sports betting are not the sports guys it's the weather guys <laughs> like the weather guys are like all big betters out here like every single one of them whether it's the abc station cbs or fox station they're all tweeting about betting during these games it's so funny you notice that. I noticed the same, but never voiced it out loud. I'm like, huh, they really like you're gambling, those meteorologists or weather people, whatever they are. What would you say market-wise? Because you've been around. What would you say is the, what would you think is the, off instinct, the hardest market to predict weather in? Oof. 
I would probably say it would probably be like the Midwest, actually, okay. maybe just as That's a whole. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like in Indiana, the weather obviously always changes. I mean, stick around for a minute; it'll always change. And you talk about like the guy that was talking about ABC Seven there in New York, where it's Storm Team Thirteen in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're getting like an inch of snow, and it's like get the plows out. It's it's you know huddle up in your homes time. Your your my mom my mom still swears by the local news. She's like, you know, they really think they control the weather, Gilly. They really think so. <laughs> All right, I have too many things to ask you about, Wes. One, uh, the Oscars are coming up. You and I like to talk uh, Oscar betting. I used to be all over this. I don't know any of these movies. I don't either. Not a single one. Right? I don't either. I mean, all these awards are getting switched. Like, I didn't even know because I made the observation. I think it was during the Bengals Raiders game on NBC where they had the musical guest and then, of course, the host. And apparently the host is in the Spielberg adaptation of West Side Story and was a Golden Globe nominee. And I had never heard of her. I was me, like, me too. Who, who, is this, who is this guest? I had no idea. Apparently, the Grammys have now been postponed. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Per Johnny Katz out here at the Las Vegas Review Journal. It may be at the T Mobile Arena, though, in April. Oh, okay. Um, I had the same reaction to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was like, she was great. I've never heard of her. And I like to think that I'm tr- I try, even though I'm getting, you know, older by the day. Yeah. I don't want to be old man, you know, old man, get off my lawn guy. Yeah. I want to stay attuned to the culture, but it's like, <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. I look at like the, the American top 40. I could tell you if it's in the seventies or the eighties today, I look down the list. I'm like, I know maybe one song out of this entire 40 songs. I'm so with you, man. We got old quick, Wes. Yes. It happened overnight. Okay. Uh, The NFL games this coming weekend, divisional round games, your favorite pick on the board would be? I don't know if I have a favorite pick yet, but now that I'm starting to see some six on the 49ers, I am being tempted by that because based on what we saw on Sunday, the way the 49ers kind of handled the in-game and really both teams, but we kind of saw what we usually see with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. In terms of the opening script, like the opening salvo of the game, the first 10 to 15 plays, he might be as good as there is in the business. But then when you get into like the meat and potatoes of the game, when you got to get into clock management and you yeah. know, when to go for it. I don't, you know, I think he made a mistake kicking the field goal up 10, nothing. I'm like, you know, put the foot on the throat, drop the hammer here. You're running the ball on these guys. This defense is gas. And I thought he kind of let them off the hook and they end up having to hang on for dear life. But betters, I think, remember that from week to week. And now you've got all powerful green Bay with the guy that's going to win the MVP. But I think what you see with the 49ers that they can do against green Bay, I think that they can run the ball. Yes. And I think the Cleveland Browns, I believe it was a, it's how many, weeks later than now week 17 the second to last game on Saturday the Cleveland Browns kind of laid the blueprint as just a pound the rock on Green Bay and you can absolutely run on these guys so I know Jimmy G was kind of a little bit shaky against Dallas but now that it's getting six I would lean a little bit to the 49ers but I think the thing about having kind of some dud games I know that was kind of the consensus on social media. It's like, man, this wild card weekend kind of sucked, you know, but we get the best matchups, I think in the divisional round. And you can see that by the numbers, obviously three of the four games right around three. I, I agree with everything you've said. You and I see the San Francisco 49ers getting six or five and a half, even in my case, the same way. And you're right. 
that that image of Aaron Rodgers helplessly watching the Browns with the football late mm-hmm. has stuck in my mind in that particular And then, game. of course, Kevin Stefanski elects to throw the football when it's like, <laughs> okay, all you got to do is run it. You got plenty of time. You're going to get three, and you're going to win the game and maybe keep your playoff hopes alive. And but. Rasul Douglas puts an end to all of that yes. for the Packers that uh, Saturday. Um, okay, we just want to bounce around here. Golf. We had Hideki Matsuyama come back from five strokes down on the back nine to beat Russell Henley at the Sony Open. We were throwing this a little bit around last night that if Hideki Matsuyama has found a putter. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, first time in his career he ever led the field or a full PGA Tour field for strokes gained putting. 7.5 strokes gained against, you know, and Russell Henley, whose ball striking was tremendous until he got to the 18th hole and hit it in the bunker. That ended up giving him a par and getting him into a playoff, and then he hit it in the same exact bunker. But, yeah, Matsuyama, if he can find any sort of consistency, because that that three-wood was absolutely beautiful. You know, even if you had Russell Henley on a field, I was like, man, when a guy stiffs at the three feet for Eagle, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, we had, I don't know if you had Henley, but some people around here, Matt Brown had Henley. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled with that, even though, even though you knew it was coming, right? Yes. You knew Matsuyama was going to beat him. So you guys are killing it on long shots right here in the early going. Starting to, uh, uh, Matt got on the board with uh, Matsuyama last week. I had Seamus Bauer, Kevin Kisner. They both ended up tied for third. Couldn't keep that hot putting going, but off to the American Express this week in Palm Springs. We also have the debut on the now named DP World Tour over in Abu Dhabi. Colin Marikawa's over there. Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Terrell Hatton. Very good field at the top. I love it. Love it. All right. One last thing in our final uh, 30 seconds. And I know you said uh, you're going to be looking at this as the day goes on and you have the Lombardi line at the top of the hour. But is there any college basketball instinct before you start a couple uh i do kind of like texas tech they were laying about seven and a half in the overnight against iowa state texas tech was in a terrible spot on saturday because they had just beaten baylor and then they had a win over texas so then they go to kansas state they get beat now they get iowa state at home they met earlier this month in ames but texas tech was really shorthanded had two starters out laying seven and a half clones got out 19-6 in that game i think it's going to be the opposite this time and then i'm also waiting on a number because predictably wisconsin is getting bet at northwestern now starting to see threes in the market And I kind of like the Wildcats here. Wisconsin's been that team in the Big Ten that I think has surprised a lot of people that they're at the top of the conference. They have a big game with Michigan State on Friday night, who Northwestern just beat on Saturday up in East Lansing. Wes, you're the best. Sarah smiles, she's gone or one-on-one? Hmm. Boy, man, that's like asking your favorite kid here, for God's (laughs) sakes. I'm going to say uh, Sarah smiles. That is the correct answer. Wes Reynolds on every topic imaginable. Wes Reynolds hosting the Lombardi Line, top of the hour. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 